Feelings can change, right? A great sales process is not going to rely on how you felt about it. It's going to be objective, not subjective. So once I showed them what a custom sales process looks like for them, they were able to easily achieve their sales goals without the hustle, without a day full of sales calls, without a social posting schedule that would make anyone dizzy. Welcome back to the Selling for Yourself podcast. I'm your host, Renee Rebar. TEDx speaker, author, sales coach. I have trained thousands of people to make millions of dollars, and I'm going to break it down step-by-step for you right here. This podcast is specifically designed to help women-owned seed startups with that initial lift to get their business, their offers, their profit margins off the ground and running toward their goals. If you've ever thought you would make the sale but didn't, we are going to have some fun. So the bottom line is this, when you tune in, you're getting current trends in real time on how to exactly make meaningful sales activities in just 10 minutes a day, even if sales isn't your thing. Have you ever said, I'm fine with the sales call, I just need more leads? Then I'm talking to you. I just had three clients have major breakthroughs around this, and I thought, if they're struggling with this, then I had better share it with you. So one is an email copywriter who sells done-for-you copywriting services that start at about $200 per email and at $35,000 for a book. She is good. Her research is on point. Her branding is on point. Her messaging, her voice, she can capture anyone's unique voice. So she gets and still gets most of her work through referrals because everyone is just so dang delighted after working with her. And so she says, I just need more leads. Okay, let's talk about this. Another one of them creates and runs strategic TikTok ads for companies who sell clothing and accessories online. Now, I mean, I've seen her turn someone's $5 necklace line into $50,000 in necklaces with TikTok ads. She just delights me. It's just, I'm just delighted when I watch her work. And again, because she's so good at what she does, and it's so niched down, she gets a lot of business through referrals. And so, Renee, I am fine once I get them on the sales call. I just need more leads. Which again, yes, I do address. Yes, I do talk about that. I do talk about the interesting, unique places that people aren't looking for leads and how to approach them, identifying them, what to say first, what to say second, so that it gradually, naturally, and genuinely leads into the next natural step being hiring you. I definitely talk about that. But I can tell you, most of us are tripping over our own network to get to the outer rim of these quote unquote new leads. I'm good on the phone. I just need to get more leads. So again, if that's you, I'm talking to you. So this the third client, again, I mean, if I start to see patterns like this in a very short amount of time, I'm like, (laughs) I need to talk about this. So the third client who was struggling with this and literally had a huge aha moment just this week, she builds and mobile optimizes WordPress sites for law firms. So again, very niche, very specific. Her clients are delighted. They send her more business. And that's how she's made a lot of great business. But again, Renee, I'm fine on the call. I just need more leads. So they had huge aha moments around this, your sales call versus your sales process, because they had all gotten caught in the hustle mindset. So when you believe that you just need more leads, it's easy for even the most genuine, heartfelt person to start to see people as data points. 
So that's going to do two things real quick. Number one, it's going to exhaust you because more calls and more marketing does not equal more sales. I wish. Number two, it's going to potentially burn through your quote unquote territory, meaning you get into a position where you're always fishing for more leads, more leads, more leads, but especially in these very niched down scenarios and these clients that I have, it is possible to burn through your leads. You know, there are eight billion people on the planet, supposedly, but they're not all your potential customer. What I shared with my clients is that it's time to really listen and lean into and really get the full picture of who you're talking to, the individual, not just a presentation of what you can do for them on the sales call, but offering sincere solutions. This way, whatever time you do spend on the phone is not a waste of time, it's an investment. Because remember, my motto is no list, no website, no problem, right? Now, obviously, there's a time and a place when those are all going to be more important than others. But honestly, most of my clients don't need a ton of marketing or they don't need to do a ton of social posting. They don't need to do a ton of sales calls to hit and exceed their sales goals. So I teach you to sell for yourself, even if you only have a handful of prospects and one of them is your cousin. (laughs) Because yes, Every single person you come in contact with is one of the three C's, a client, a connector, or a collaborator. So once I showed them what a custom sales process looks like for them, they were able to easily achieve their sales goals without the hustle, without a day full of sales calls, without a social posting schedule that would make anyone dizzy. See, when you think about your next client as somewhere out there, and I'm not going (laughs) to kill your ears with me trying to sing the American Tale Fivels. <laughs> Who else remembers American Tale? <laughs> somewhere. Anyway, I really did like that movie when I was a kid. <laughs> so if you think that your next client is somewhere out there, you don't have control. That's right. You heard me. You're out of control. What? What does she call me out on? Because here's the reality. By believing that everything is fine with your sales calls, you're missing some major opportunities and it's time to change that. So have you ever hesitated to follow up with someone because you didn't know what to say? Have you ever taken more time than you initially allotted for a sales call because you were just getting to the good part? Have you ever toiled over having to write a proposal only to get ghosted? (laughs) These are all symptoms that it's not that you need more leads. So let's break down what I need and what I did with these amazing clients of mine and what impact it had on their business. So number one, the first question we asked ourselves was we wanted to review the data, right? So people aren't data, but we do need to review the actual data points. So for example, we looked at how many leads they had gotten on their website versus how many had actually booked a call. And it could be their website, their funnel, or a thousand other variables, but regardless, how are they coming in and then how many actually converted? To booking a call. So if it's 100 views and then 10 book a call, okay, great. They examined how many booked and how many didn't show. So you get 10 booked, only two show, okay, there's another opportunity for a sales process. The sales process starts the moment they realize that you exist. We also quantified how many proposals were sent out versus how many were paid. Then we went as far as to look at retention of those customers over a 12-month period and estimated the average customer value over 12 months. It's important because a good sales process only works when you do not rely on how you felt about it. 
So the processes that I build with my clients are custom processes that all start with that first step. Evaluate the data. The clients that I, that had these big aha moments this week looked at leads, looked at leads booked, looked at leads showed, looked at proposals sent, looked at who paid, and then the value over 12 months. So retention and upsells, because those are also important facets of the sales process. Feelings can change, right? A great sales process is not going to rely on how you felt about it. It's going to be objective, not subjective. Because feelings can change, it can become more intense. Like you can say, oh, I really hated that. When in reality, look at the numbers, you're like, oh, that wasn't that bad. Or it can become foggy, like we can forget, right, where as the data will help us make great decisions. So it's kind of like the difference between if you feel like you've eaten healthy that day versus actually keeping a food diary. (laughs) If you've ever done one before, you know what I mean. So I started working with a personal trainer (laughs) recently. I'm just laughing because I was like, I totally eat healthy. I'm just overnourished, right? I'm just eating too much good stuff. And he was like, "Um, I hate to break it to you, (laughs) but look at these macros. Look at your numbers. I'm like, oh, well, holy smokes, I guess when you put it that way. And it was it was not how he felt. It was he was reporting the news, right? So when I actually logged in everything that I was actually eating, I was like, oh yeah, well, that makes a lot of sense <laughs> why my jeans don't fit right now. All that to say, if you've ever taken an evaluation of data points, you know that that is going to give you some really good information that you didn't have before. So in this case, with the sales process, with these three particular clients, we looked at that first those data points, and that opened their eyes. The second question, so the next phase of this, creating a great sales process and versus believing you just need more leads is how did you meet them? Because initial context matters. Like I've already stated, many of these clients are very niche. Most of their customers had come from referrals. So when I build a custom sales process, I build it to make every single lead turn into the same feeling, the same vibe, the same energy as a referral from your best client ever. So for example, when you get introduced to someone by a mutual friend or colleague and you have a great relationship with the person introducing you, it makes a huge difference on how it's received. You know, someone was talking to me the other day about cold emails. What makes you open a cold email? As we went through the conversation, we were streaming this. This is like a public conversation. What was revealed was my theory from the very beginning is cold email isn't the way. It's always got to be prefaced by something first. The reason to reach out has to be strong. Why are you reaching out? And then who is reaching out? So if you got a 10-word email from somebody that you knew versus a 10-word email from someone that you had no idea, a clue who they were, It's going to make a difference as to how you receive those 10 words. So it's actually less about the 10 words and it's more about context. Who is sending this to you? I love it when my point is proven correct. Oh, yes. Thank you, sir. Take that. (laughs) Sorry. I had to laugh at my own jokes. It's important because it changes the value they place on you, right? So if you're introduced to someone and the person introducing you is a mutual friend or colleague that you already have a great relationship with, then that's going to increase your value. So it's kind of like when you get introduced as a special guest at an event versus schlepping around exchanging business cards, right? So if you go to an event, let's say maybe a chamber of commerce event or a industry event, and you're a speaker and you walk around, man, people are lining up to talk to you, right? Where it's very different 
than if you just attend the event and you're walking around being like, hey, what do you do? We should exchange cards and talk more. I have a whole nother podcast about that. We'll be talking about that soon. How to actually attend in-person events. I know with COVID, we kind of got our social skills all swamped down. I'm going to help you get back together with that. Don't worry. So here's the third thing we did to go from, Renee, I'm fine with my sales call. I just need more leads to an actual phenomenal sales process that gets people in the right position to receive an offer from you that they accept and want to continue with forever. The next question is, what questions did you ask them when you actually got on the sales call? So many of these amazing smart clients of mine, because they had referrals and the referral person had already said a lot of things to this potential client about who they were and how great they were and the experience they had and the results they got, that they were getting a little lazy with reminding everybody who got on a call with them before they got on a call with them about who they actually were. So building up and establishing and maintaining that authority, not as a obey my authority, but as a straight, confident, clear, this is who I am. This is what I do. At the same time, as a person who's hosting a call, you don't want to get lazy and assume that everything that you need to know about them was filled out on some intake form before they booked a call. Get on the internet. Google them, look them up on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. And if you can't find them, there's a great reason to reach out via email or whatever grounds you're using, WhatsApp, DMs and LinkedIn, whatever, and ask them, hey, I want to prepare for our call. I want to make the most of our time together. I'm looking you up and I can't find you on Instagram. Do you have an Instagram account? Or, you know, I'm looking you up. What are the best places that you want me to look? So places like YouTube, search engines, phenomenal. Pinterest, Amazon, the things you'll find. Their wish list from their baby registry, you didn't even know they were having a kid. Or maybe they just had a kid and you didn't know about it. You can congratulate them on it. So really, really interesting things that you can find about people both personally and professionally. And again, I'm not saying go stalker level. What I'm saying is the more information you have, the more poignant the questions that you can ask on the phone when you actually get on the phone. Because when I talked to these three particular clients and we actually got down to the granular pieces of what they're actually saying on the phone, the first question that they were asking people was, so tell me more about your business. My heart literally died. I died. I died. (laughs) I was like, please, how did you ever get business? If that worked, you've got to be real good at what you do because that's the worst. Boring. (laughs) Boring. Seriously, that's what the internet's for. Know that stuff. Ask poignant and specific questions so that the first question you ask could be something like, hey, I was researching you and I noticed that you had the YouTube channel. What are you hoping to accomplish with that YouTube channel? Like, where are you driving traffic? Is that for the launches that you do? I saw that you did three launches last year or it looked like you regularly launched when I looked at your website or when I looked at your TikTok or when I looked at your Twitter How are you bringing in customers? Because every single one of these clients, whether it's copywriting, whether it's running ads, whether it's working on their website, all of these companies are hiring them to get more business, right? Like that's what we all do. We help other businesses get more business. All that to say, how can you be more poignant and specific? Because if your sales call, and this is something else that I talk about a lot, is going longer and longer and longer. If your sales calls are like taking an hour, I mean, you're doing it wrong. And part of it is by having a great sales process. 
If you're trying to do everything on the sales call, it's A, going to be exhausting, B, a waste of your time and theirs, C, it's not going to be as effective and efficient for sure. And so we really want to make it poignant. So the third question is, what questions did you ask them when you actually got them on the phone? Please don't make them boring. Ask yourself, how does this help move the needle? We live in the information age. Google them before you even allow them to get on the phone with you for the love of all things holy, right? Like some people should not be on the phone with you. They should have other options. Get on your email list, read a blog, do some homework. So it's important because everyone has a digital footprint. Think about the last person you met. Didn't you look them up? Like I meet people on the sidelines, like other parents when I'm watching my kid play soccer or baseball. And as soon as I meet another parent, I'm like, oh, so you're, you know, Joey's mom. Hey, are you on Facebook? Hey, show me. Because and, and I'm like, look you up. I want to make sure we're connected because I know Facebook is going to tell me way more about them than they're ever going to tell me on the sidelines of a soccer field. And I want to know, you know, if Joey asks my kid over for, you know, a play date, what kind of house he's walking into? And I can find a lot more out by what she posted on the Internet. <laughs> Am I right? I'm right. Or one of my, <laughs> I have three brothers. When my youngest brother, the one who's not married yet, when he starts dating someone, I am like the FBI. I will look that girl up and I will ask him questions. He's like, you are insane. I'm like, I am protective. This is what we do. Our mom has passed away. So I feel like, and as the oldest, I'd now take that responsibility of <laughs> mom arming them. I'm sure my brother loves it. <laughs> no, he doesn't. Or what about if you, like, if you're dating, like, you would never go on a blind date and not look somebody up unless, unless you didn't care that the date went anywhere. It was just a date to date. But the reality is, is that you can do better at this point. You can do better. Say it, repeat after me. I can do better. I am not boring. I can make this easy on myself. And then ask yourself, this is what we really did with this. This is kind of a bonus point, right? I gave you three points. Now I'm going to give you a bonus point. How did it end? What was the last thing you said on the sales call? Remember, this is you saying, I'm fine with the sales call. I just need more leads. If my client said, I sent them a proposal, I ask, when did you send it? And they say, last week. And then I say, when does the offer expire? And they look at me like a deer in the headlights, like they've never heard of an expiration date before. (laughs) I just made a note to myself to not go to their house and ask for a glass of milk. Um, Anyway, (laughs) so we cleared it up. All three sold the next person they got on the phone with. And voila, the rest, they say, is history. They have a brand new sales process that works on the before, during, and after a call so that they increase the amount of lifetime customer value. They decrease the amount of social posting they have to do. They decrease the amount of calls they have to get on. They decrease the amount of proposals they have to write. And they just make life easier for themselves. So more money, less time, I'm in. So I'm turning their I need more leads because their closing ratio was 1 in 10. And we started doing less sales calls, but tripling their income. Some were even able to completely eliminate the phone call. Do I need to say that again? Some of these clients were able to completely eliminate the phone call from their sales process. Others were able to take this process and easily have someone else in their organization, their VA, their EA, their top person, their ads person, take over the sales calls for them. Because we changed the way we set it up. We changed the way we delivered it. We changed the process. We evolved the process. So have I changed your mind about sales processes yet? (laughs) let me know. I can't wait to have you keep listening and keep showing up. I have so much goodness for you. 
and I will see you on the next episode. If you ever thought you would make the sale, but didn't, let's hang out more. Thank you so much for listening to the Selling for Yourself podcast. This episode is brought to you from my heart. If you loved it, please share it with someone that you like. And if you didn't like it, my name is Bob. When you subscribe to this podcast, you'll also get the chance to come to my live page, sellingforyourself.com, where you can ask questions, hear previous episodes, and stock up on your Selling for Yourself goodies.